0: I've got kids, and that means it's always about them. But I need support too. That's where Ollie comes in with their delightful, hard-working gummies. My partner and I can actually get a good night's sleep, so we'll both stand a chance of managing our stress responses, even when the kids are doing parkour in the living room. Discover Ollie vitamins and supplements. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, right now i'm I'm in the midst of a mental health crash. I had one two days ago where I hit food poisoning and a mental health crash at virtually the same time. I had a chicken tiki masala frozen thing and just felt completely awful after that and <clears throat> I um and then then the mental health crashed all at the same time because I couldn't continue to work on stuff so the mental health crash for me has always been a dopamine related addiction. Uh, it's typically an addiction to accomplishment, you know, all the little hits that you get from social media or getting things done. I, I get very intensely productive when I'm in sort of my, my manic high state. And once I, if I can keep that going, then I can usually stay up. But the second that I stop working or the second that I can't work anymore, I crash real hard and my brain goes into a panic about being able to to keep going. And I've had a lot of time to reflect in uh, a way that is very different than I have in the past. I got to reflect in a way that is relative to my current understanding of of sort of my own spiritual self and essence and stuff and and got more reflective and investigative about what's going on in my brain um what helped alleviate some of the the mental side of things like I had a physical pain on the left side of my head which is typically more of the analytic side and I realized as I started to self-experiment and I was like okay let me start doing a little bit of work or analytics something you know like typing on twitter or writing things down, something that's more like administrative. And I started to feel the tension build up in my head again around that. And it was weird because I, I don't feel that when I'm in the middle of the manic place, but it's like the second I relax, you can feel the pain. It's sort of like the adrenaline when you're working out, you don't feel muscle pain. But once you stop working out, you feel the muscle pain. And so the second I stop working and stop striving and stop achieving, uh I feel the left brain muscle pain and it took a long time for that quote unquote swelling to go down. And uh, it really helped me to start to do more right brain things or more holistic brain things like um, visualizing, trying to meditate, focusing on um, not a goal, but just like visualizing either the past replaying a memory or trying to come up with, like, visuals in my head. Sometimes putting a little bit of music on helped, especially related to sadness, uh, really helped, too. So, like, kind of softer music. I would listen to the Lumineers would be really helpful. And I would go through that sort of uh, listening space of uh, just being with it because it's at least one step closer to my emotional experience without being completely inundated by it. And then when the music would stop and everything would turn down, I'd, I'd have this question to myself of like, why can't I sit with myself? Why am I still, why is it still comfortable for me to effectively be laying down and watching TV in my brain, <laughs> you know, instead of being with myself and my emotions and my experience? And the second I started to question that, I started to really feel it in my heart space. I really started to feel this like welling up and it's like, oh, there you are. Because, like, we typically think of our consciousness as, like, behind our eyes, right? But it's very much in the heart space and very much in, as the bells go off, uh, you're going to hear that very loud in the background. My apologies. Um, We have a church nearby that goes off uh, at, usually at noon, but it's 9.15. There's probably something going on, Um, recess at the school or something. I don't know. But I asked myself about my experience and, like, why am I not spending time with myself? And spending that time with myself feels um, really hard to do. Uh, I started to investigate why maybe that is. Uh, I definitely have some wounding from when I was a kid. And I turned towards a lot of media to keep myself occupied. Uh, video games, movies, TV, the internet—when that started to come around—and and keep my brain busy. You know, even though I'm an introvert, it was—it's—it's it's still really hard to spend time with myself. You know, it, being an introvert doesn't necessarily mean introspective. It just means that you're okay being in your own mind. And and I was in my own mind, and I'm very comfortable being in my own mind, but. Turning your mind inward towards yourself is a very different thing than, you know, just like playing out stuff in your mind and watching it, right? Because that's still not you. You're still the person, you're the person watching the things, right? So me watching the stuff is very different than acknowledging, you know, the me further back. And so the me further back. You know, once I get into that heart space like that, that's hard. That feels like, oh, that feels like being strangled a little bit. But, you know, getting to know the full experience of our consciousness, which is like not just our brain, but like the heart experience and the gut experience, I'm very comfortable with the brain and the gut experience, but the heart experience is really hard to, to sit with and be with and really feel the emotions and not just talk about them, you know, but I do have to usually talk about them to, to, to get to the feeling that I'm needing to process. And in this case, the past few days, it's, it's been about, uh, you know, it's been, these moments are always an opportunity to explore my, the chemical side of things. Like I'm always trying to understand, my chemical relationship, because then there's tools that I can choose to try to balance that, right? So um, I was exploring oxytocin quite a bit, because there's a relationship with men in particular, with high oxytocin and sex addiction. And I wrote about sex addiction in my book, Happy Chemicals, a neurotic memoir. And I didn't talk about the chemicals in the book, but recently I've been exploring oxytocin and it's through cognitive behavioral therapy or talking things out that actually balances out that oxytocin for men. And I think it has a relationship to relating um, because there's also correlations in men with sex addiction with not being held in a non-sexual way when you're a child. And so you later associate bonding and closeness and relating with sex. And so then it becomes this unhealthy relationship with bonding and sex. And in my book, I I talk about this relationship towards my relationship with women being a relationship in which I, you know, you eventually start to get to a place of, of admiration. And, um, what's the word, uh, platonic connection more so with women and being able to hug and cuddle and relate it actually helps to have stepkids that they come over and especially the the little boys are a little emotional dude and he always wants to like hug and cuddle and all of that stuff and that that's a really great reframe for my brain that uh especially with kids like that would be awful to <laughs> make that, that association with kids uh, in a, in a, in a sex addiction way. And Molly's been instrumental in, in doing that too. Cause we, we cuddle a lot. It's not about uh, the sexual experience all the time. And in the past it's, it's typically been about that when really I've wanted connection and relating and talking. And I felt like the path to that was through, sexual interaction so it's it's this interesting relationship to oxytocin there because the sex addiction part is a chemical like that desire then awakens the like oxytocin is released in women most often during something like childbirth where they're creating bonds with their child and men during orgasm when connecting with, with their partner. And so, and and physical touch is also a big part of oxytocin release. And so you're creating bonds with somebody. It's, it's a trust chemical. It's the cuddle hormone. It's the, it's the, the, the connection piece that, that makes you feel safe with somebody. Right. And, um, I suspect that there's actually a challenge that we're dealing with culturally around not having enough physical touch with even the people we're close to, let alone, you know, people that we deem to be awful or bad or distant. Uh, You know, there's there's been more distance between human beings than ever. uh, And because we don't have to interact as much, we don't have to interact with people that we're not choosing to interact with. Uh, and I, so I think there's some imbalance r- relationship there, <clears throat> but, but the systems effect that I'm trying to understand with myself is that my desire for a release, an oxytocin comfort release, uh, results in a part of the sex addiction is, is masturbation and self-touch and, an orgasm creates the equivalent of a heroin uh, opiate release, uh, at least as far as the research I've found uh, states. And that has oxytocin has a relationship with dopamine. Dopamine is the reward chemical. It's dopamine is the, the release in our brain. Actually, dopamine is more about the desire the opiate release is the, the release part, but dopamine is the, uh, the seeking part and you get the release and dopamine, dopamine is the chemical that says like, okay, that worked, get more of that, more of that. The challenge is that oxytocin is, is, uh, I forget what the, it's like, it's a neuro positive. I forget what the term actually is, but it's, it's oxytocin doesn't um, decrease in potency the more you seek it out, whereas dopamine decreases in potency the more you seek it out. So if you do the same thing like an orgasm or you accomplish a task or something like that and you do the same thing, it's going to, you're going to need more t- to get the same result which, which results in like risky behavior, um, risky, you know, particularly with sex addiction or sex things, it's like, you know, uh, results in a lot of men cheating or, uh, not being able to, um, uh, let me backpedal. It's, it's essentially risk-taking because you're needing to, up the ante to get the same sort of release or result right so uh, that's what dopamine drives you to do and so if there's this relationship with oxytocin and dopamine then that in essence drives the dopamine receptors up and then after a while the dopamine receptors burn out and nothing works and that's that's what the crash is. That's the crash that I experience is I, I go so hard with productivity, with getting things done, with, with focusing on a vision that I burn out. I typically, for me, I burn out the analytic side of my brain because I'm accomplishing. And that's the best way for me to do that. I end up seeking a couple of different dopamine hits. Yes, there's the orgasm part, but then there's also clarity as an INTP. I'm always seeking clarity and that gives me a dopamine hit. And um, sometimes recording podcasts, that's why I'm doing this on Twitter spaces because it's not something I can save and it's not really a part of a ambition necessarily. Uh, And, or when I'm doing projects for clients, I can usually push a lot harder than I typically do. So I end up, I, it feels great. My brain is just like, yes, hit after hit after hit after hit. Getting things done, going, going, going. But the higher I go, the further the crash is going to be, right? So landing the plane is hard. Landing the plane usually takes some time. And actually, I could usually manage landing the plane with some smaller dopamine hits, slowly decreasing it, getting more uh, serotonin to balance it out, because where oxytocin and dopamine have a relationship with each other. I think testosterone does too. Like when you work out at the gym and you get the runner's high, there's a relationship there too. But oxytocin, or I should say dopamine and serotonin have almost like an opposing relationship to each other. Whereas the more you get serotonin, which is usually with some certain foods like salmon, eggs, chicken, turkey, tryptophan foods, um, Then there's like berries, raspberries, blueberries, blackberries, um, tomatoes, lettuce, healthier foods. I had a banana yesterday uh, after like my food poisoning started to subside. And it was like the best banana I ever had. (laughs) And it's usually, I don't know if you've ever experienced that moment where like you eat something and it's like this mundane food, right? It's like a carrot and you're just like, oh my God, that was the most delicious thing I've ever had. And it's, it's your taste buds telling you like, oh, this is the chemical you need. This is the stuff you've needed. And you're, you're like lost in the desert and you get a drink of water and you're like, oh my God, that's the most delicious water I've ever had. It's the same kind of idea. Right. So noticing that was like, okay, what chemicals are associated with bananas? And, you know, serotonin is, has a strong relationship with bananas because it has a, has carbs and it has, um, tryptophan uh, in it as well. Uh, It's usually recommended that if you're having trouble sleeping, sleep regulation also helps with serotonin balance, that you eat a banana or I think it was cranberry juice. Yeah, I think it was a type of cranberry juice that you drink before bed. And it'll help you to uh, fall asleep. And that's always been true for me. So that's an interesting thing. So right now my focus is like during the during the uh that crash during the food poisoning i felt feverish i couldn't move and i was just mentally torturing myself uh, i unfortunately i just didn't want to live anymore it was that awful uh but i made it through it and i have a luckily have had experience with knowing that it just takes one moment to end it all and also it's one moment that you just have to survive and get through, and hold on to, and get past, Uh, and, you know, listen to the narratives you're making up to try to convince yourself to do it, and, you know, I wouldn't say ignore those things, give them room, but also, you know, you don't have to do anything, and also, luckily, I was just so knocked out that I probably couldn't have done anything anyway, Uh, and so, getting past it, has been this focus on serotonin regulation, which means not burning out my analytic brain. Cause like, I really just don't have the capacity um, heightened uh, an increase in dopamine and a low serotonin level affects motor control. Uh, apparently dopamine is big about is a big aspect about motor control. Um, You know, it's like the, it's the reason you jump in excitement, right? And you move in excitement when something exciting happens. And that's part of the dopamine release and it's encouraging your body to move. And so, um, not being able to, to move means that the, you know, dopamine isn't having an effect anymore. And, uh, I'm, I'm not, um, you know, my, 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 motivation and, and motor drive is reduced quite a bit. Uh, and so it's this feeling that, um, you know, it's really just accepting that like, okay, uh, my analytic brain's kind of shot. I can't really work right now. I need to take some time off. And the focus right now is just eating good food and, um, Shower's been nice because that helps with like getting some, some physical touch on the skin. It's kind of like a massage that helps. Um, And then switching to healthy food. I just immediately stopped craving sweets because like the craving of sweets is also a high dopamine, low serotonin relationship and, um, and all of that stuff. So right now I'm kind of in the burnout stage uh, I don't know how this usually takes a few days, uh, it can sometimes take up to a week or even longer, but you know, it's, it's luckily I, I don't have food poisoning anymore cause I would have been tortured to continue to have to deal with. Uh, so I can find the balance. I can talk here. I can do a couple little dopamine things, not push it, pay attention to my brain, especially pay attention to the left side of my brain when I get to analytic, and I'm doing too much striving. And another thing I noticed is that um, as a result of this, you know, I've been kind of in this, this existential career relationship. I'm trying to figure out, I'm kind of in this career transcendence space where I know that there's a next phase I'm needing to get into with my career, or at least the second half of my day needs to change like the first half of my day, I'm doing podcast editing and stuff, uh, which has been fine most of the time. But then the second half of my day, I need a break from the analytics stuff. But I also need to find ways to make money. So it needs to be a creative shift. And I thought at first, like going into like doing YouTube stuff uh, would be a, a shift into being more creative. But the more I think about it, doing YouTube as a content creator, it's like content creators are producers that create content for themselves. And there's so much administrative work that goes into content creation, like YouTube management, uh, writing captions, you know, it's an analytic process. It's creative. There's creativity in it, but you're very much an administrator uh, as well. And if I'm doing all sorts of administrative stuff and then I go into doing more administrative stuff, no wonder I'm burning out. No wonder so many of us are burning out. Cause there's probably, uh, there's, there's so many platforms of possibility in terms of creating, but there are very few that require no admin work. And there's just so much administrative work that is involved. Um, Dr. Dario Nardi has done brain scans. And one of the tests that he does is typing on your phone. And he says that people think of it as like a creative process to like passively watching TV or anything like that on your phone. But uh, the analytic part of the brain tends to light up when we look at our phone or we're doing stuff on our phone. And so there's so much analytic left brain executive functioning burnout, probably why there's so much, uh a d h d diagnosis these days um I think that there is uh there's way too much administrative analytic stuff going on and so for myself, I'm like, all right, where's the shift what else what else can I do you know that isn't going to tax that part of the brain anymore than it already is. Uh, and, and that's part of the transcendence part. That's part of, I don't know what's coming, but I think a lot of letting go is about letting go of the administrative analytic brain and what can my holistic brain do? One of those is like being able to show up to a microphone and just start talking. I wouldn't mind doing that and just like answering questions. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. I just don't know where to do that. Uh, or if I'm going to pursue something like YouTube at the second half of the day, then I focus on the filming part or the talking part. And then I find someone to cover the administrative side uh, to, to balance that out too. So I, I, this is just a lot of questions about that sort of thing and figuring out the next phase of things. But I do know that there is this relationship with serotonin and dopamine that needs better balance. And then how my, Desire for oxytocin is, um, doesn't get alleviated with, you know, sexual release. It actually gets worse and actually gets alleviated with something like talking and relating and cognitive behavioral therapy, which actually encourages me to continue talking here or on my podcast, uh, Happy Chemicals, or expressing myself in it notes app or something like that without without some sort of um you know goal attached to it i think that's what i need is to do stuff that isn't that is more emergent and less driven so to speak so i don't know if anyone will listen to this but uh this is worth a try and uh seeing how this goes so Uh, yeah, let me know if you listen to this and if this is something you'd like me to keep doing or if you'd like to join me for a chat one day. That would be fun. All right. See ya.